So to return to the theme of the five indriya began yesterday. So this is sadha, virya sati samadhi panya, translated generally as faith, but it can slide into confidence. Um, energy can slide into persistence, strength. Sati, mindfulness, you know, remains mindful. <laughs> Panya, discernment, uh, wisdom, know-how. So just consider that as more like as know-how rather than knowledge. It's finesse, it's skill, which you don't know why. Why is often the cry of despair. <laughs> but why? Because sangsara is like this. Um, it's how is it arising, how is dukkha arising in the present, how is it persist, how is it relinquished, how is the cause of it relinquished, that's know-how. From that know-how, then what arises is called noble knowledge, which just means there's a sense of the realization of that which is beyond the realm of birth and death and dukkha. All right, Aryan knowledge arises, a realization. Mm. So this, so, and this is uh, mm. this whole process. These these five are kind of oscillating and, and dynamic. It's not like you do one and that's that. Next, then it's that. And you can't do this before you do that. There is a certain sequential quality to it, which means faith is the opening, the pivotal uh, quality. The Buddha, when he first came back from his own awakening to greet his five former disciples, the phrase he used was, um, the doors to the deathless are open, let those who can listen bring forth their sadha, their faith. It means open up, listen up. Lovely phrase in doors. Doors? Doors, yeah, doors. <laughs> the death, it means something just has to be unlocked and moved, you enter into. And it's not, there's no how in, no how in how that can occur. <laughs> you know, certainly there's no how. But there's no point knowing all kinds of stuff about doors, is there, really? It's just you know how to turn the handle. Know how to use these these skills and these qualities that are touched upon time and time again in the suttas. Just know how to use them. Don't get baffled by or fascinated by the terminology or nitpicking over is this jhana or not jhana? You know, this kind of thing. Am I sotapati or nearly a sotapati or half half in a stream and half out of it? Just look, are you suffering or not? Is there doubt or not? Is there faith or not? Just, just get a handle on it until that, v- that verbal agitation or that concern or that trying to get it, you know, right conceptually. How necessary, you know, as long as you're feeling, feeling knowing, feeling, you know, suffering is known as it arises, known as it ceases, 
path is clearer. Mm. Is there still more to do? Then do it. Get finer know-how. So Sutta close to the one we were looking at yesterday, 4850, this is 4851, says amongst um, animals the lion is declared to be the chief, so too amongst the states conduced to enlightenment the faculty of wisdom is declared to be their chief. Next Sutta, 4852, so long as noble knowledge has not arisen, there is as yet no stability in the other four faculties, no steadiness of the other four faculties. For when noble knowledge has arisen, then there is stability of the other four faculties. Faculty of faith, the faculty of energy, the faculty of mindfulness, the faculty of concentration. Noble disciple, so an Aryan who has wisdom, faith becomes stable into confidence. The energy becomes stable persistent strength, mindfulness becomes stable, constant awakeness, the concentration that follows that from that becomes stable. Another one, 57. Five faculties when developed and cultivated have the deathless as their ground. Deathless as their destination, the deathless as their final goal. So, you know, these are just little tastes of something. But today I'd like to just touch in a little more on the qualities of, of know-how. Wisdom is know-how. Uh, it's a kind of finesse. It's a fairly active quality in this respect. It's kind of handling and assessing and mm, how is that? Mm. And sensing when, what kind of handling causes or results in. The stilling of all formations, the relinquishing of acquisitions, the destruction of craving, dispassion, dispassion, cessation, nibbana. That wisdom is the faculty of wisdom. Mm. remainless fading away and cessation of ignorance the mass of darkness this is the peaceful state this is the sublime state the stilling of all formations the relinquishment of all acquisitions the destruction of craving dispassion, cessation, nibbana that wisdom of his venerable sir is his faculty of wisdom so what is it? Then we look at this kind of more modestly. Stilling. Let's start with the stilling of formations. What leads to the stilling of all formations? What are formations? Sankara. You've probably heard me talk about this word many times. But to just turn it around again, the three um, intelligences that I mentioned: speech, thought heart, sensitivity, body, somatic intelligence, they're also sankara, they're also programmed conditioning forces, they form. 
So the thought form, that which forms thought, is called Vajji Sankara. It concocts, it conditions, it forms, forms and formulates articulation, coming into concepts and words. This is one of our forms of intelligence. It gets corrupted, it gets bamboozled, it gets lost in itself. Heart intelligence, the ability to sense and respond, to be affected, touched and respond. Heart intelligence gets confused, wounded, numbed out, freaked out. Body intelligence, the ability to sense presence in a harmonious, safe and steady way, easily breathing in easily breathing out and the beauty of this as this comes around in time is that you feel the internal meets the external they flow together in harmony you breathe in you're drawing in from what's around you being refreshed by it breathing out cleaning into what's around you, emptying into what's around you. So just consider, just imagine that the relief that can occur somatically when that holding of one's body, that crampness, that contraction ceases, when the physicality of the body becomes just a light membrane. And there's breathing in and and out moves to that membrane mm. and just like uh, a steady breeze through a net of gauze mm. so the steadiness and the happiness that can could be present in such a scenario now this is probably not the case Because the external is not something that we feel immediately able to release ourselves into, to feel comfortable with. It may seem, well, it's just nothing around me, so what? But there is something around you, but it's held psychologically, and the psychology of what's around you still felt somatically the jitta picks up the sign of what's around me and transfers it into the body so we can be standing in the middle of a desert and still feel you know wide open space somewhere and still feel contracted (laughs) because we live much more fully, more completely in our citta realm. And so the realm of the citta, if it carries obstructions, defense, fear, lack of trust, lack of love, lack of being received, lack of welcome, that will transfer into the body. And it, body, somatic body, somatic presence constricts. And you can't force yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. And this l- is 
not unusual. So much so that one is kind of cautious about even bringing in mindfulness of breathing because it seems to almost make you more painfully aware of that in some cases. So what is supportive? Generating psychological space associated with being loved, being welcomed, being given space, being allowed, uh, having room, not under pressure of time, performance, judgment, assessment, and reiterating that, the mind, the heart of goodwill. However, it's also the case when the heart isn't so comfortable or at ease, it's also um, living in that psychological space of hurry up, get things done, why can't you do this, you should be better than this by now, Um, and all that, that it finds it rather difficult to generate goodwill, even though one may in fact be quite a kind person to others and indeed mean, mean no harm to others. It's easier doing it to others because you don't have to enter your own space so nakedly as doing it to yourself. The problem wasn't that one experienced ill will towards others, it's that others demonstrated ill will towards you, or lack of love, or lack of welcoming, or lack of pliability or lack of acceptance and so on and so on and so on you know from just just plain indifference to to you know abusiveness um, and so this is not so unusual mm. and you know it may be in that actually that wasn't that much but you know you recognize that any of it Still, the mind, the chitta remembers it and it's rather withdrawn from contact, from opening. And there can be particular trigger places where that occurs in groups of people because that brings up the sanya of being seen by others and that can have a certain resonance to it. Uh, time that brings up another one too late to get here on time be punctual, not enough time that's another one mm-hmm. any kind of system <laughs> that we use will always will, can very well trigger this because you've got to be good enough you've got to make sure you get the the A grades in this as quickly as possible, don't be the idiot uh, you should have known better by now, so any of these uh, this is why systems can be very uh, uh, uncomfortable meditation systems not because meditation itself is repeatedly said this is for your welfare well for your being take your time and all that but still because we are profoundly affected by systematization of our experience in society and a systematization of experience, which you might say is necessary for humans to function, is not done 
in a kindly negotiated way, like, what about this? Maybe we could do it this way. But this is the rule. Don't, you know. Uh, it's flat. It's um, it's non-animated. It's inanimate. It's mechanistic. It's remote authority. It's the law of the indictment. What's on the paper? What's there? By and it doesn't see you. It tells you. But it doesn't see you. It speaks to you. But it doesn't hear you. So this though it may not actually contain any words of abuse and this is part of the curiosity of it it may not contain any any abusive terms <laughs> in it at all but it is it triggers uh, in, in a subtle way or it, it emphasizes the message you are not seen your subjectivity is not relevant here. Fit into this. And it may even say, thank you very much for doing so. Thank you for your understanding. Thank you for your patience. Uh, with loving kindness. It says it, but you don't feel it. <laughs> because it isn't. <laughs> it's just a piece of paper or, you know. And this method of communication, the written word, is like, mentioned before it may have seen a bit of a digression but uh, this is the world we live in to an enormous degree and it's not saying obscene violent things necessarily but it's not empathic and this does not support you know, the actual felt experience of being received, welcomed, loved. That's not its function. Its function is to make you behave. And that, true, yeah, okay. But, you know, somebody talk to me about it and of course yeah because we can't because you know there's so many there's, nobody's available right now <laughs> on the website the phone call <laughs> here's, the, here's the information get on with it you add the warmth bit because that's written on the bottom of the sheet so you add that bit and indeed one way may very well do that but uh it doesn't once it supports it you have to do that bit yourself and you get so used to the words saying the thing which sounds okay and there's nobody there art gets used to that now this programs our own speech faculty. We can give ourselves instructions and information and occasional reprimands and so on and goals and 
you know, even little dumber talks or whatever. What's the purpose of that? Why do we think so much? What's the energy of it? What's it about? Why, when there's nothing really one need to think about, does one do so much of it? What's that about? What is this energy doing? What it's doing, surely, so the chitta chintetis, chitta thinks. In a way, well, it doesn't really mean that chitta comes up with words. The chitta comes up with the urge to form a concept because this will give us an orientation, right? So, chitta seeks orientation. Tell me where I am, who I am, what I'm supposed to do, and so on. So, it, it tries to do that by sending out some verbal signals to get to fill in the space which is unknown. Chitta can't see, can't hear, only has perception. So it, it sends out some what's out there. You know, now the chitta heart cannot see or hear. It only operates through mental or somatic phenomena. So in a somatic sense, it's not entirely settled. Chitta's going, well, what's happening? And, uh, Am I welcome? Is it okay out there? Uh, what's the, you know? What's the well? Let's get it nice and clear. Then I'll be okay. So clear means figure out what's going on. What I should be doing then, and what this is in. What how she is, and remember that. Walk the, you know, milk the cow, walk the dog, or milk, milk the dog and walk the cow, and so on. You know, so the things are all nice and tidy. Then I'll have a comfortable space to sit in. <laughs> get clear that comfortable space to sit in, then I'll feel okay. But of course, as you notice, there's quite a lot of tidying up to do in that space because you know, other things start creeping in, which is re- remember things we didn't do or should have done, and what might be, and what could be, and what would be, and is it, or is it not? We've activated something that's with the aim that it would give us an orientation Eventually, it becomes the domain that we live in, not a, not not a kind of a a road map through it, but in fact, the terrain that we live on is becomes verbal, and we're continually reiterating to give a sense of where I am, where I am in terms of how I am, what people think of me, whether I'm doing good enough, uh, what the world around me is about, how to sort it out. So this becomes hugely emphatic seeking orientation so that I will feel settled but as you know the amount of activity that is generated that means one is not settled (laughs) because thought alone cannot do it through that action and we're trying to do something that thought cannot do what thought can do is give us a sign. How's that? And then you feel it. How's that? And then you feel it. 
And Susan. Oh, how's that? Yeah, a little feeling, a resonance of some kind. We know what we're feeling, and as we come to terms with that, we know where we are. We're stable, holding presence with what is felt. Settle. Uh, I'm okay with her. Yeah. I can let go of that difficult thing that happened last year. Yes. Now my psychological space is no longer cramped with that tinge of ill will or regret. Ah, and now I can open into that. And my body responds by opening and relaxing. So you clear the psychological space through the heart. When that's clear, comfortable, then your body settles down in it. Because it's got the signal. The signal is free from ill will free from, you know, guilt, remorse, free from fear, free from righteousness. Ah. So then the body settles, you feel comfortable, and, and so on. So that this is kind of process. Now, the activity of thought is there to say, well, what about that? And then... How does that feel? And then from how it feels, what's your heart going to do with that? Feel it in the effect in your body. When I think of her, I feel this certain nervy twinge. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. If I can't, you know, if I look into my body, my body's telling me, you've got a bit of an issue here. Okay, so now, what's needed? What's needed? What's needed to this fluttering agitation to help it relax, unfold? And then the mind brightens and then, okay, I'm fine with her. That was just the thing. And next time I'll maybe even say a few something nice, you know, apologize or something to her. You know, the kind of thing that one can do. And if they're dead or passed away, then you've got to do it internally. It's kind of house cleaning. So thought is there to give us an orient, to help us get an orientation. It can't provide it alone but it can help us to orient to really what's happening for you now in your psychological space. Tired. Mm. It's kind of drowsy, heavy, you know, weighed down, feeling tired. How is that in your body? I feel heavy shoulders. Cramped chest, cramped belly. Well, what's needed there? Oh, getting the weight off my back. What would bring that around? Sense of space, openness, presence. 
slowly giving it time to rise and release because we can experience something we call tired sleepy, dull that's funny, like I slept 10 hours yesterday and 9 hours a day before (laughs) and I'm still tired, what's and all I've done really is sit and walk and eat and (laughs) a bit of chanting why am I still so tired it's not just physical fatigue it's psychological exhaustion stressing suffering is tiring stressing is tiring and sometimes we don't even know we're stressing because we have very high criteria for activity responsibility performance and so forth so then you but then the body tells you you know sure you physically you had a rest but psychologically you didn't so you're taking the pressure off your body will tell you the truth won't tell you specifically will tell you the basic thing if you're carrying too much weight it may in fact cause air of your body to begin to open up and unfold then with the sense of emotional relief you may then get the thought of what you've been carrying so as in the Four Noble Truths it's the the releasing from suffering and then you realize what it was about when you're embedded in it your thinking can't get it because your thinking can only flag what's happening so if you're in dukkha you can't think of the end of it because you're in it (laughs) once you release it then you review ah that's what it was about this is why when you're in dukkha and you're saying well you know because I'm neurotic I I make I'm too intense my energy's out of whack you know it's true but it's not accurate at the moment it's not the accurate response to the condition response is to feel the dismal or the whatever it is you know the, the negative the these places in ourselves that uh, we feel deeply, you know, appalled by. And don't explain them. What, what does it need on a somatic level just to be returned to the whole body? Thoroughly sensitive to the entire body. This kind of knot in my belly has to be welcomed into the whole body into the breathing, into the chest, into the face, into the fingers, so that it can be returned back into the whole body. Energy then begins to uncontract. Space opens around it. We feel a sense of relief. Maybe some emotion moves through, and then perhaps we understand what that was about. So these three intelligence and these three sankharas w- work together. Mm. Why is this called distilling of them? 
or the clearing of them. It's because uh, it leads towards the lessening of the amount of construction that one does to compensate for the lack of So it gets very busy creating a psychological space. Gets so busy because we don't feel it. We don't feel it in an involuntary way. We don't feel it's something that's right there for us. We so we have to keep creating it. That's why it gets so busy with a still. But when there is that experience of there is space to be how it is, to allow things to happen, to open, then much less activity is needed. Stilling. Sankaras. Don't need to think very much. There's nothing to think about. Don't need to create certainty with thought because it's it's sitting right there in your belly. It's sitting right there in your presence. You're certainly present. There's nothing else you can be certain about. But this is good enough for now. You feel comfortable in that. Because it is certain. Because it's certain, you don't have to make it certain. (laughs) So, stilling, it's not necessary. But I say that stilling does not occur without activity. For example, we might very well reduce this phrase noble silence as a kind of watchword. It's got some good tones in it. There's a certain graciousness in offering each other space and a quietness so we're not filling each other up with all kinds of distracting phenomena. That's true. In a way, slightly sad to imagine that all we ever do is just gibber nonsense to each other. <laughs> it might be possible to say things that are touching, meaningful, and beautiful to each other. But there you are. Uh, okay. You see the problem with standardizing anything and just seeing it externally. As long as you don't say anything, you must be, your thoughts must be getting quiet. They don't. You don't say anything, your thoughts don't die down. They just build up. <laughs> Sometimes saying something to somebody helps them to die down because you oh, what a relief. Noble <laughs> silence actually refers to the second jhana. And if that's a stipulation every time you come into a retreat center, I think the attendance is going to drop right away. (laughs) (laughs) So we say, yeah, it's good to restrain the speech faculty. It's good to restrain it, hold it back. But do talk to yourself. And learn to talk to yourself not just giving yourself announcements, statements, judgments, plans, 
profiles, character descriptions, psychological assessment, analysis. Don't read off the sheet to yourself. (laughs) Speak to yourself in words that are endearing. Go to the heart, encouraging, firming, calming, worth treasuring. Do speak to yourself a lot. So that you begin to, well, let's, if we need to create a psychological space, if that's the urge of the jitta, let's at least make it an agreeable, warm one. Not one that's just clean and tidy, but one that's warm and loving. Why don't we speak to ourselves like that? And it's not just saying, okay, laugh, there you go. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) It's like, speak to yourself like you're a dog. Seems to go into a bit of a dog thing these days. They don't get the language, but they hear the tones, and they see the regard, and they, they feel the, they hear the volume. There's a case in, um, in the Middle Ages, I think, some one of the emperors in Europe decided he wanted to do an experiment to find out what was the original language of humanity. He couldn't figure how some people spoke Spanish and some spoke Italian and German. One is these different languages. What's the basic language that you people would have if they didn't learn all these different languages? What would they normally speak? So, so he, he had some babies, not his own. He said, well don't talk to these babies so you don't you know talk german or italian or spanish see what language they speak if you don't speak to them <laughs> what's their native language no nope, so that the people who attended didn't utter a word to these babies and they all died that important you know autism mm-hmm. and people are locked in and so the human mind cannot unfold without some psychological space around that that responds to it fortunately since we're not autistic and we haven't died we've probably had some of it <laughs> you know But uh, probably not enough. So if we're looking to find, just check yourself. If you're trying to find certainty in thought, if something in you keeps trying to find out who you are, where you are, what you are, doing right and stand the other, just check what's happening in your body, the tensing up, whenever that occurs. It means you're not actually in somatic ground. You're not grounded in the somatic presence and that's not occurring, then your citta will ask and demand that you create a ground in thought. But the ground in thought is not substantial. It caves in. You have to keep creating some more. So it speeds up. This starts occurring. There's no point in 
hassling about the thought or complaining about your thought or trying to stop thinking or wondering why you think so much or quibbling over what you're thinking about that's a stupid idea don't be so daft you've done that before there's no point in messing around with a thought at all the point is that what's happening in your body and the space around you is it possible the space around you could be interested in a warm way how would that feel imagine what it would feel like relaxing into that and then there is the stilling and begin process of stilling and begin so if we you know look and review what brings around the noble silence second jhana it is through vitaka vichara means pointing thought and listening thought two primary factors thought that puts a flag says what's that and thought that says feels like feels like um, feels like hmm, this is it ah like that so you your first thought is pretty short very short just simple what breathing body what second is vitaka vichara is the handling how is this how's the whole of it is there anything missing in this what's the tonality in that is it comfortable moving what does it want to do if it's stuck doesn't feel right to me stuck you're not stupid if it's stuck you know in your heart that's not right what does it need then no point blaming it it's doing something reflexive what does it need that question in the right tone that is metta need what would you need that is meta painful then what is you know oh space around that it's painful uncomfortable space let there be space around that to allow that to be expressed that is karuna that is compassion let there be space around that to allow it to be expressed, felt. That is compassion. Mudita. Oh, may this grow, may this be lingered in, may this be sampled and lingered in. How beautiful. This is Mudita. The all-encompassing world means your all-encompassing psychological domain that wraps around you like your never-departing shadow. You cannot avoid it.
equanimity. All beings have this. All beings have this. This too will pass. Give it space, more space. It's not an entity. It's not a person who's stuck. It's not somebody did something and they're that. This is just an energy that needs to be allowed to move. Equanimity, granting, releasing things from entity into form, into formations. This process thoroughly fulfilled allows the stilling of Sankaras, allows these qualities to come to their resolution, to complete their sentences that are choked or not incomplete or haven't been heard. But remember, what you hear as, as thought, you generally need to do a, a little bit of uh, fine-tuning on. It's not the, not the names and the numbers, it's the tone. And if it doesn't have a tone, then ask yourself, does it have the tone of goodwill? <laughs> There's a lot of cloaked ill will or just lack of of goodwill. There's no such thing as a neutral statement. There's no such thing as objective truth. You listen to the tones. You listen carefully if most neutral statements are either urgent, hurry up, or fear, you can't do this, or pressure. It's, you know, this is the time. <laughs> Just telling you this. Most so-called neutral pieces of information have a, a closet dog whistle in them. That your heart hears, better do this, better not do that. Make sure you get this right. It's nearly time for that. And you feel that ripple run in. So don't believe in neutral information. If it's neutral, it generally means there's a lack of, of goodwill. Don't believe in just mouthing terms of goodwill. It's the tone that counts. Tone that counts. Talk to yourself like you're talking to a dog. You get, then you realize you talk in tone. Who is this? Doesn't mean hurry up and come up with an answer. It means I'm encouraging you to feel this more fully and find your way with that. It's a question, not, not a demand. It's a time for inquiry to learn how to sample so that these places in our psychological somatic ground which have lost their voice which have become autistic which seem almost frozen out that we would never cannot speak just feels like something uh. and around that there's a feeling of something wrong 
but don't know. We need to talk to that really, you know, repeatedly, kindly, in your own time. Anything here? Pleasant? Unpleasant? Anything you like to do? Say, be, move, anything? Is that encouragement for things to open? The sign is that when qualities uh, arise, there's a sort of flurry of things releasing, moving, shifting, uh, surging, perhaps disorienting, because one's come out of a fixed pattern. There is bound to be disorientation, space, and then grounding, body, release, stilling, things settling, stilling of sankharas. Knowing how is the important wisdom faculty to to uh, bring that around. comes to some of these uh, you know some of the things are a little more apparent one begins to recognize one's reflex patterns you know one's kind of mini addictions mm, the habits we get into which you know you like to flick on the TV or download a movie or something or the other or you know these things that you just do because they, they, they help you to feel who you are. They've become place bearers. <laughs> you know, clack, 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 clack. You've got one of these, that's fine. Six o'clock, this, I push that, da, da, da. You know, it's seemingly not doing anybody harm. It give, What's that about? It's creating a kind of familiarity orientation. I feel a bit all at sea without one of my push-button things that I do every day at six or when I wake up in the morning or whatever, read the paper and get angry. (laughs) 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 I feel I've started the day. I don't feel I've started the day without that. (laughs) Just just checking. uh, Because this, this... you know, these are not necessarily things that one would see it as problematic, but realizing anything that has become sort of built in as a structure, unnegotiable, cannot be sp- spoken to, is a little piece of deadness, like scar tissue deadness. And if we can clear this, it's going to be we're going to be fresher and more alive, and more, certainly more disoriented for a while, but then. Oh, you grow you grow into those spaces that you've opened up. I think this is really helpful what renunciation is about on the kind of micro level. Just put aside the dead stuff that you just do as a habit. Because it, it, it keeps naming who you are and you want to clear that. And every time you just get it behind one of these and just... You know, just lift yourself out of a habit, just a tad. Every time it's like, 
training a dog. Good boy. Good, good, good. Come on, you can put the bone down. Look, there, there. And then pat on the head. <laughs> you did good. You know, you, you stopped, you know, you managed to do just Really, you have to be so patient with these footprints that we've established because you know, they are something deeply established. Every time you can just approach one of those and say, you know, there could be another, you don't, do you really need this? And if you do, then go ahead. But, you know, could we just try lifting out of it once or twice, just, just for the sheer <laughs> quality of it? And, uh, uh, and then every time you do it, it's very good. You did that. I could say I've never regretted this. Though every time I've thought I don't need to do this. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just the way I am, it's like that. So what, it doesn't really matter, it's my little thing. But every time I've kind of just stopped making that cup of tea, stopped looking at that thing because it's a habit. Every time I stop doing that, always felt better, clearer, uh, wider, fresher, uh, more, ingen- more ingenuity. As energy fills in these dead space, dead issue, dead tissues start to come alive. Yeah. And so our ground then becomes much more uh, alive, malleable, flexible, pliable than just made out of walls and bricks and known known strategies. This is the beauty of, of this kind of work and as that becomes possible then one feels more deeply comfortable in one's presence, less held together, more grown, organic, breathing alive. This is sublime. This is peaceful. Stilling of Sankaras. Relinquishment of the footprints, the acquisitions, the fixed identity habits. Then the destruction of craving becomes possible, as we've realized there is another territory that we could issue into which does not have to be built upon craving to have or craving to get rid of. This is the ground, this is the deathless, dispassion, cessation, nibbana. Thank you.